Good morning, everyone. Over these past few weeks, there have been several glitches in these first five minutes or so as everybody citywide is trying to get online about this same time. And so just want to take a few moments as we get started, let you get situated, get your Bibles out, turn to Isaiah chapter 43, where we're going to be reading today. And I want to encourage you, take the opportunity to share the gospel by sharing the link to this message right now online. You never know who might stumble onto that and it could change their eternity forever. Also, don't forget, we have kids ministry for Destiny Kids at the conclusion, just a few minutes after worship. And then tomorrow, uh, Deke Kids Junior will air at 10.45 a.m. right here on our website. I wanna just say thanks to Tabitha, Tiffany, and their teams. They're doing a tremendous job just providing ministry for all of our kids. You may not realize it, but we've continued to minister to families in need. Uh, even beyond when we did our food distribution at the drive-through at Destiny, it was a great event. Through that, we actually connected with several families who were incredibly desperate. And we've been able to offer some assistance. I wanted you to hear from the person firsthand who's actually been interacting with several of these families. Back in March, our church gave away a thousand bags of groceries to families in need. After that, I was still receiving many calls from desperate families asking for food. One mother said she didn't know how she was going to feed her children, and a gentleman called saying that it's a man's job to put food on the table, and he didn't know how he was going to do that. We've been able to meet the need, offering encouragement, support, financial assistance, and food because of your generous giving. I'm so proud to be part of the church where we believe and act out that we're not called to a place, we're called to a people. Really awesome to hear just how God is using us as a church family to make a difference. And I wanna say a special thank you to Katie. Uh, and not only thank you for being uh, our front door person who <laughs> deals with and greets everybody coming through our front door, but today happens to be Katie Baffrey's birthday. So happy birthday, Katie. We wish you a wonderful, wonderful day. And I want to thank you, Destiny family. So many of you have stepped up your giving during this time, understanding that some people have not been able to give like they normally would in light of the circumstances at hand. But everybody coming together and giving as best they can has really helped us to continue to provide ministry to our church family, and families like those in the community who really truly need our loving assistance uh, during this time. So I just need to share a few things. These are um, really significant details that we need to talk through. It's very important to me that you hear everything about this message as it deals with the direction that the governor uh, has given churches about when we can gather again, what we're sensing God is saying about those things as a church family ourselves and how we, how we plan to walk all that out. So if for any reason you miss any part of this message, please go to destinyokc.com, click the messages link and go to the sermons. And this message is there available for you to watch in full, just in case you have any technical difficulties. So our governor has announced the first of three phases to open the state, and this does involve church gatherings. So from our standpoint, next Sunday on May the 3rd, we're going to stay the course as we have with online services for 9.30 and 11.30. However, in the afternoon at 2 p.m., 
we want to do a Destiny family reunion in the parking lot where we all come together after we've watched the services online just to make that connection together in community and start looking toward what God has in store for our coming back together. First and foremost, we all must realize how important it is that we take a responsible approach to gathering at a time when this contagious virus has swept across nations of the world in just weeks, taking the lives of so many people. So considering health and concerns of those around you is really a form of loving, uh, loving your neighbor very well. So in light of this, we're asking everybody to please respectfully practice social distancing, even in our parking lot party one week from today at 2 p.m. If you are in any way part of what the CDC describes as high-risk category, including elderly, small children, or if you have a compromised immune system in any way, then please plan to be here, but stay in your car. We can lay our hands on your window uh, as a point of contact to pray for you. We'll get to see each other and just spend a little bit of time together in the afternoon thanking God for his faithfulness in all of our lives. We're taking this one step at a time and we recognize phase one comes with great responsibility. We don't wanna walk this out in any sense of fear, but rather out of wisdom and out of love and concern for our church family, for those that'll be coming uh, to join in with us. So we're, we're gonna be sharing more details about the following weeks soon. So make sure you're watching uh, the notifications, you're getting the emails, the text messages, et cetera. And to verify that your information is correct and that you're getting those notifications, please just take a moment right now and text DESTINY to 474747. Fill out a digital connect card if you've not already done so, so that we have your info. We can send you text messages to your phone, emails, uh, and notifications by downloading our app as well. Now, I know it's been novel to be in our PJs on Sunday morning, um, but here's the reality. You and I were born for more than a digital relationship. And so what uh, I've been hearing as people have been excited about, hey, I can't wait to go back to church. Um, we're going back and there's this excitement that comes and, and I join in in that excitement. But I wanna just talk to you today about a message that I'm going to entitle, Don't Go Back. And, and it's really born from this idea. Um, as people had shared with me about the excitement of going back, again, I've joined in on that excitement and at the same time, I've had this constant sense of caution from the Lord. And it really seems that God has used this entire situation to disrupt our rhythm on purpose. It's almost as if we are off balance as a result of all of this. And that's exactly what happens uh, when you take a step forward. You have to be off balance in order to catch yourself with that step forward. So I, I thought about this verse in Psalms 118 about how God uses even when we feel in a sense we're about to fall, but he takes that and, and positions it into something that's constructively used in the hand of God. And it says this in verses 13, 14 of Psalms 118, I was pushed back and about to fall, but the Lord helped me. The Lord is my strength and my defense. He has become my salvation. You know, there's a strong sense that the Lord is leading us into some deep and significant changes. We must not return 
as we were before. That's the whole idea of the title, Don't Go Back. We want to go to church. We don't necessarily want to go back to some of the things that maybe God was asking us to lay down in this journey of getting from where we were to where we are and positioning us to go from where we are to where he desires for us to be. God is making the church into a new wineskin to be able to carry the new wineskin harvest. I want to remind you of the 1986 Dave Wilkerson prophecy. I see a plague coming. This is what he said in 1986. I see a plague coming on the world. Bars, churches, and government will shut down. The plague will hit New York City and shake it like it has never been shaken. The plague is going to force prayerless believers into radical prayer and into their Bibles. And out of this will come a third great awakening that will sweep uh, America and the world. God can use something painful to do something purposeful when we allow him to have the pain of our lives. And I believe that's exactly what's happening in the mix of all of this. Clearly, God doesn't cause a pandemic in the earth. He took out his wrath against sin on the cross of Jesus Christ. And there'll not be wrath taken out because of sin again until Jesus comes back and the great white throne of judgment that the Bible speaks of. So where we are is in this dispensation of grace, just trying to figure out, okay, God, what is it that you're desiring? What is it that you're doing? And now we land in Isaiah chapter 43, verse 19. And I think this is a very important verse of scripture for us in this particular season. For I am about to do something new. And I just want to say this uh, as a declaration of, of God for all of us to embrace if we're going to see an awakening taking place in the nations of the world, then we have to understand business as usual of where we've been is not going to get us there. God said, I am about to do something new. See, I have already begun. Do you not see it? I will make a pathway through the wilderness and I'll create rivers in the dry wasteland. I believe God is raising up sons and daughters in the earth, sons and daughters of God carry the supernaturally prophetic nature of their father as a way of life. And I believe that the Holy Spirit is trying to activate that in a really unusual and remarkable way right now. If we don't pay attention to what God is doing, we will blindly retreat to that which is familiar. And again, I just want to say, don't go back. Let's go to church. Let's understand we we are born for more than just mere digital relationships. I get it. I'm so glad we've had this option during this season of time. But I'm ready to gather again physically in proximity as the body of Christ. And let's not go back to some of the perspectives that we held before. And again, I'll just make that statement one more time. If we don't pay attention to what God is doing, we blindly retreat to what is familiar. Several years ago, uh, we had a... a man who had moved here from Indianapolis, Dr. Greg Williams, and he attended our church. He became a teacher on staff in our Christian school, and it was very interesting getting to know him. When he was in unfamiliar territory, he would use a cane to find his way as he was blind. But when he would walk in familiar uh, territory or campus, uh, across our campus, different places, room to room, then he didn't necessarily require the cane so much because uh, he would count the steps it took from get, to get from one place to another when he would go there, and then he would retreat, in a sense, to that which was familiar because he was blind. 
In other words, when you're blind, you learn to survive by doing that which is familiar, finding comfort in your routines. And I believe God is saying, I'm desiring to open your eyes to something more than you've been able to see. You know, last week I shared how we went out to the eagle's nest in that tree and, and flew the drone up. And we were out there for maybe 10 minutes tops. And it was so bizarre because while we're there, as we're uh, packing up, suddenly the shift of the winds took place. The temperature just dropped like we know here in Oklahoma it can do. And uh, literally 13 degrees temperature drop in just about 10 minutes while we were standing out there. And I just believe, and I want to speak this as a declaration that I'm sensing of the Lord, there is a shifting of the winds taking place right now, and the atmosphere is beginning to change. I see life bursting forth. At the same time, I see chaff blowing away. Branches that seemingly had no life suddenly will begin to produce fruit. God is raising up sons and daughters who will understand how to function supernaturally as a way of life. God is raising up us as sons and daughters who will understand how to function supernaturally as a way of life. Uh, I recently mentioned a man from Pakistan who's uh, winning people to Christ by uh, large numbers. And many of those people that he's winning to Christ are actually Muslims who uh, they then return into their mosques and they get into their areas of prayer where they bow down on their rugs and pray, but they're praying to Jesus very quietly in those mosques, asking God to capture the hearts of others so they can win them to Christ as well. So he's grown to be known and hated in the minds of many in the, in the territory and the area where he lives. In one instance, he was un, un, he didn't realize that somebody was about to try to kill him, and multiple gunshots came his way. Bullets were flying by him as he fled for his life. And thank God he escaped unharmed. But it was only afterward that he realized his, his jacket had bullet holes in both the front and the back. And when I'm hearing this conversation about the jacket, I said, listen, would you share that picture? So I want you to see that picture of the man's jacket. And you can clearly see the bullet holes in the front and the back, literally, our God is big enough that a bullet can pierce the front of your jacket, go through to the back of your jacket uh, more than once and not penetrate your body. Before we knew anything about COVID-19, we declared a 21-day fast, asking God to awaken his sons and daughters in the earth. We started that on February the 2nd, and that's a significant day that we've been talking about. The first day of the fast is actually the day Tracy spoke the prophecy of the Roaring Twenties. And again, the date 02-02-2020. She explained that day as she was just speaking to our congregation that the Lion of the tribe of Judah was about to roar through the church, not just in this year of 2020, but in the decade of the 2020s in powerful ways so that this decade would be known as the Roaring Twenties where the church began to roar. This resonated with me so much that I began to announce that it was going to become our, our focus, particularly starting Easter Sunday. Again, not knowing all of this would be unfolding. On the final day of our fast, 21 days later, we held a worship night. That was February the 23rd. And that night, we just sensed in conclusion after we worshiped, after we uh, celebrated water baptisms, 
Um, then at, right before the end, if you remember, if you were there, people just flooded the front as we sensed God was bringing a wave of healing into the earth. People crowded down and we just began to pray and cry out to God for healing, not knowing that we were on the, the verge of combating sickness. It was as if God was revealing a healing word in advance to that situation. One month later, March the 24th, is when our governor issued a safer at home order. I remind you of the, the prophecy that was given last year in September from Chuck Pierce. And he prophesied this plague-like conditions were going to hit the earth February, March, and April. And he said that it would be hellish for those three months, but it would shift at Passover. It's very interesting to me that 2020 Passover started April the 8th, and ended April the 16th. And the day after Passover concluded on the 16th, Feb uh, on, on April the 17th, Governor Stitt announced a plan to reopen the state of Oklahoma in phases, starting uh, with phase one through phase three, stating that churches can begin to gather if they are willing to develop a plan to do so safely. It was interesting, two weeks prior to this, I actually told Tracy I was praying and I felt the Holy Spirit say to me that we were going to go back to church gatherings in the beginning of May. And I just was honest with her and I said, I must not be hearing God correctly because that just seems completely impossible. <laughs> Clearly, God is doing something significant right now. He's wanting all of us to pay close attention to what he's desiring to say so that we can walk this out as a way of life. I'm believing for the Spirit of God to come upon you, for the Spirit of God to come upon us, that we as sons and daughters of God would be awakened in the earth to the greater purposes of God. And I want you to hear what, a, what we're sensing as a team that God's doing in terms of the church. God is decentralizing the pulpit without deconstructing the church in order to mobilize his people. There needs to be a sense of decentralization of the pulpit where our focus in ministry is not always just about a sermon preached, where we would not just gather around a pulpit, but we would learn uh, rather to gather around God's presence and to practice God's presence as a way of life. This is how we worship as a family, where we focus in, in the presence of God. It's not that preaching and a declaration of the word isn't important. It is important. And faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. But there needs to be a broadening of what that perspective is all about so that the church can be mobilized and we can understand the call of God in all of our lives. I'm going to focus in on this um, next week on a prophet in scripture that didn't see himself as qualified to be a prophet. See if you can figure out who I'll be talking about between now and then. He's a minor prophet, that's the clue. But he didn't see himself as qualified in the legacy of his life to really be a prophet. And it's really a great indicator in scripture that God uses just normal people like you and me to hear his voice and to declare his word, to see his kingdom expand in the earth. We want to go deeper in understanding God's presence as a way of life for every single one of us. And again, really, it's a fact. God has our attention through these times of difficulty, but now he's wanting our affection. We need more than just a visitation for a season. We need an invasion of God's kingdom in the earth. I want you to hear a word Tracy brought on 0202 2020 
on our first day of fasting. And I want you to think about what God was revealing uh, long before we knew that we needed to begin to pray for supernatural health, provision, and strength. And she brought this word um, the day that we began our 21-day fast. Then on our final day of our 21-day fast, I brought a word and we've put those two words together. They're 21 days apart and now uh, weeks behind us, but we've put those two words together and I want you just to capture what God was revealing on the first day of our fast and on the last day of our fast. When I open up my mouth, miracles start breaking out. When I open up my mouth, miracles start breaking out. You know, when we declare God's word over our situations, that's when we see miracles start breaking out. Do you know, I, I just, this is just really alive in me because my word for 2020 is declare. So I've just really been believing that as I declare things, miracles are going to start breaking out. And I just really believe God is ready to pour out a download and really start speaking to the church. I'm not talking about the church, like just our church, but the church, the global church, the overall church. And maybe you say, well, Tracy, I don't, God really just doesn't speak to me. Well, have you asked? Because maybe you have not because you ask not. Have you asked him to start speaking to you? And then get ready because there might be a big download. Yesterday, my family, we were doing a bunch of stuff around the house, had a lot of projects, lots of balls in the air. My family was like, how can we help you with all the things you have going on today? And I said, okay, well, you can help with this thing. And they start moving that direction to do that thing. And, and I just kept going, and this thing, and this thing. And they were like, whoa, 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 wait, we're, we haven't even started this first thing that you said. And so I was thinking to myself, you know, I've got a mile long list I can rattle off here. Grab a pen and paper. I didn't say it, but that's what I was thinking. Grab a pen and paper, you ask, so I'm telling you. I believe it's the same thing with God. You're gonna ask, he's gonna start pouring out a download. You better grab your pen and paper. Grab the pen and paper. When you ask, he's gonna start telling you things that he has to speak to you. As I've been praying more into my word for 2020, I believe that God has really told me something about 2020 and not just 2020, but the whole decade of the 2020s. And just as the 1920s were known as the Roaring Twenties, I believe that we are going to look back and the church is going to be known for the 2020s of this decade as the Roaring Twenties. I believe God's really going to start speaking and the church is going to roar what he is speaking. Amos 3.8 says, the lion has roared, who will not fear? The Lord God has spoken, who can, can't but prophesy? The New Living Translation puts it this way, the lion has roared, so who isn't frightened? The sovereign Lord has spoken, so who can refuse to re proclaim his message? Are you ready to proclaim his message? He's getting ready to roar. He's getting ready to roar. The church is going to be rising up and taking her place. 
this world is going to hear the sound of the church taking its place and roaring. Things are going to change. You're going to open up your mouth, and miracles are going to start breaking out. So this morning, before we press on, will you just think about the things that you are believing for for this year? Maybe that there are things that you're believing for for other people. Maybe there are big things you're believing for, maybe a ministry that you want to start. Whatever it is, will you just press in this morning and start opening up your mouth and declaring what God has to say over those situations right here, right now. God, we just declare over every situation in our lives, God, we just declare that you bring healing by your stripes. We are healed, and we just declare over those, over each of us, over people we're praying for, that you just bring healing. Miracles start breaking out as we declare healing in this place. Healing physically, Lord. We are declaring healing, restoration, healing in the mighty name of Jesus. I thank you, Father, for the power of God at work in our physical bodies. In the mighty name of Jesus, you are the God that heals us. We are calling upon the name of Jehovah Rapha, our God, our healer, in the mighty name of Jesus. Thank you, Father, for your anointing, the anointing that destroys every yoke of bondage, the anointing that destroys every yoke of sickness, the, the, the anointing that shatters every stone that tries to stand in the way. In the name of Jesus, Father, we're declaring your healing, your anointing now in the name of the Lord, in the name of the Lord, in the name of the Lord, in the name of Jesus. We're agreeing right now. Now, faith. Now, faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things unseen. Now, right now, in the name of the Lord, right now, in Jesus' powerful name. I want to conclude with worship from the atmosphere of these two services. We've pulled a segment from the first day of our fast, and we pulled a segment from the final day of our fast where in those moments that atmosphere was releasing something of healing, I'm declaring as these songs play, there'll be healing released in your home. In those atmospheres, there was something of the prophetic that was being released, and I'm declaring that this atmosphere of the prophetic will be released in your hearts and in your homes uh, as we listen to these today. And I ask you this week, if everybody would purpose time just to fast and pray, asking God to have his way in all of our lives in this next season of life. You might have tuned in today and, and really not be sure about everything I'm talking about and, and this relationship with God and the faith that God wants us to understand and what it means to walk in supernatural. But I just wanna encourage you to know, even if you are mildly curious about God, he is passionately interested in you. And it is no accident that you've tuned in today, that you've been listening, that you're sitting here right now, perhaps sensing that God's asking for something more in your life. Uh, the Bible actually says that God put eternity in our hearts. And there's nothing this temporal world can do to fulfill an eternal longing that exists within us. Only the love of Jesus, only the power of God, only discovering His design is what will fulfill your life. And so I just want to uh, lead you in a prayer as we conclude. And I would just ask everybody in the 
uh, in your room, in your house listening. Let's all pray this prayer in agreement today. There are many people in this hour that are coming to know Jesus Christ as their personal Lord and Savior. And I want to give that opportunity for anybody listening today. It's not complicated. It's not difficult. It's simply the initiation of a conversation between you and God. So why don't you say this with me out loud. Say, Lord Jesus, you came, you lived, you died, but you are alive. You are who you say you are. You are the Son of God. I need you to rescue me from all my sin. Be my Savior and be the Lord of my life. Teach me your ways that I might understand what it is to live a life of conversation with God. Amen and amen. Again, I just want to encourage you. These two clips of worship that we've pulled come from these atmospheres of services in the beginning and the conclusion of our fasting and praying. And there's something I believe to be released in our hearts and our homes. Just as we press in, turn up your volume a little bit and invite all your family to really focus in and engage. And don't just let this be songs that play in the background, but let's allow God to do something deep in our hearts as we enter into a time of worship. You are my Giants fall when you stand undefeated. Every battle you've won, I am who you say I am. You crown me with confidence. I am seated in the heavenly plans undefeated with the
you to